online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the light. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet Show tonight. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to raise the curtain on the Muppet Show tonight. Should be longer, shouldn't it? That song. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. I am him. Listen to the strokes, then we'll do a proper radio show right down your brain. Hard to explain the strokes. You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2, a radio station that was set up specially for you to listen to and get information from. I'm here with Matthew Morgan. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Russell. Are you all right today? Very well. Mr G is over there. He is a poet. He is wearing a Jimi Hendrix T-shirt in case you want to envisage him. I know a lot of people envisage Mr G to be an elderly black gentleman. <laughs> he is a young, vibrant, sexy black man. You should see him sat over there caressing his chin now. We've got an awful lot of stuff going on in this show. It's jam-packed. I don't think we'll be taking any herbal drugs, will we, Matthew? Not this week. Because we went strange on the old herbal drugs we took last week, didn't we? We certainly did. We took some herbal Viagra. It didn't do us any good at all. After the show, the madness continued, didn't it? Because like, oh, there's a bit where I whirled around with a bottle of water and threw it all over the webcam and smashed my elbow into a speaker. That really hurt. That's why I couldn't be in Jackass. That and my <laughs> inability to even have a five-minute conversation. What did you do? You just suddenly you, you flailed around. There's water everywhere, well, and then you sat in a chair and I sulked. Felt I didn't sulk. I was just injured. Injured. Yeah, I, I, I was really happy to communicate, but I just had to really focus on the amount of pain. Look at that bruise. Can you see it? See? Yeah. See, that's the bruise. If you were here now, you could see a bruise. If all of you were here now, we'd all be squished. That's not to say it would be terribly wrong for you to be here. Uh, yeah, it went a bit mad, me, because of the herbal Viagras. What was extraordinary, though, in hindsight, was that when Roger Lloyd Pack, a.k.a. Trigger Actor, came in here as our special guest, he shunned the, the chance of reprising his role as Trigger with me and Matt playing the parts of Dale and Rodney. However, when handed... An unidentifiable <laughs> packet of drugs. He scoffed them and then took the took rest the home. Rest. Took them home, didn't he? Went over a big handful of our drugs, didn't yeah. he? Well, God knows what he's sort of state he's in now. Roger Lloyd Pack actor. I bet they didn't even touch him. Bet they, he didn't even notice him. I bet he was wandering around his house with a filthy <laughs> great erection, <laughs> not getting into things, troubling his poor wife. I bet the pets slept outside that night. I bet it were grim. This is live. What is happening now is actually happening now. Now, if you want to call us, you can, 0500 288 291, or you can text us on 88 291, or you can email russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. Just say whatever you want, or we can narrow things down to these sorts of incidents, what I'm about to discuss out of my brain now. Now, you know we went on about that ice cream van thing for ages and ages? That is actually happening next week, right? Me, Matt... G, other people associated with the show, not Mikey, however, the Scottish gentleman, as unfortunately he's serving a short, sharp prison sentence for a series of terrible crimes. Uh, no, he's not. He's just, I think he's working with Tim Westwood, isn't he? 
He's working with Tim Westwood. Yeah, I don't reckon he'll get his own page on MySpace working with Westwood. I don't reckon he might do. He'll have Westwood won't let him on. He'll have to change his name. Hello, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Will he? Who are he you? To... Frankie Fraser. <laughs> you should be allowed <laughs> on the radio. You that was should... quite good. I wish I had that voice all the time. Well, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to. He'll have to change his name. He'll have to change... cover, son. He'll have to go to, to cover. Um, no, don't speak like that all the time. Well, I do like people that speak like that sometimes. It's quite nice. You kissing up to everyone in the community. Hey, everyone! Don't in the speak community. like that ever. But I love that voice. <laughs> hey, I tell you what: if you do have a voice like that, don't feel like you've been left out. Cause I'd like to cuddle you up close. Uh, right. So remember, next week we're going to be on the South Promenade next to Blackpool Pleasure Beach from nine to eleven. Oh, it's a pleasure beach. Do you want some pleasure? Oh no, yes, please. Come are we going to gonna be safe in an ice cream van? I've heard the Blackpool's fairly rough at night. Blackpool, mate. I've done a gig there once. It was good. It's really friendly, upbeat, good-looking bird. You'll have the time of your life. It's going to be crazy. Donkey rides, I think that still happens. <laughs> night. If you're, if you're prepared to take a few little risks, mate. <laughs> if you want to get involved, if you want to drag the nag out of the stable, get right <laughs> on his back. Yeah, so uh, that's we're going to actually be there. Come down there, because this is the realisation of a lifelong... Well, not a lifelong dream, which is just saying we've been saying for ages. We are number one podcast at the moment, I believe. Yeah. Um, so we're celebrating that. Um, what will we do in the ice cream van? What should we do? Is it, these are the things I want to know. Is it functional? Does it? Can it sell ice cream? Yes, it must sell ice creams. We definitely want to sell ice I could give ice cream away for free. I'm really into the idea. Yeah. I've always wanted to use one of them Mr. Whippy machines and just whirl it all out. I've always wanted to whirl that out on a woman's boobs. Well, maybe you'll get a chance. Woohoo! So <laughs> is it boobs. mobile? Does it drive around or is it just. Yes, it will be mobile and we will How be you, driving how do you around. Know? You're looking through the glass nervously as you say that. <laughs> through that glass, you may see glass there, mate, but some of us see an oracle like in ancient uh, <laughs> Athens or something. And I'll see through there, I'll see all sorts of answers. It's just like looking at a bit of a charred old crow's feet and other medicines they used to use to see the future. Go on, so if you want it to be mobile. I want it to be mobile, it will be mobile and actually be able. Because we need to escape if it all goes mad. Let's go mad. We're not the A team. What do you think? It's at night. So what's night now, Matthew? Nothing weird's happening, is it? Unless you consider this little erotic display. When does it start becoming erotic? <laughs> when the old Winky comes out to play, and it becomes a dirty little sexy party. <laughs> Look at you peering through my puck hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's my flies. So uh, I'm trying yeah. to undermine. You think you're going to shock me by flashing at me? I'm just going to stare at it. Stare at it if you like. Because was it that some flashes? I've been learning about flashes recently on a course I was forced to go on for flashing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, have you been? That's what I'm going to Flashing's say. quaint now, isn't it? It's charming. If someone flashed me, I just I think I'd be delighted and flip him a silver sixpence. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for the effort. It's very nice. But they, there's no necessity for there to be an erection, you understand, with a Oh, flasher. no, I've never thought there was. I think Didn't they just you? go... <laughs> I don't think they waggle it in a fashion. I think they flash it. Like, but I mean, what is? It is quite quaint. And if you're getting off on that, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know. If someone flashed me, if I, if I was flashed female genitals, I'd just go, oh, well done. Well, of course. But if I was flashed male genitals, but they're not as good, are they? Looking wise, I mean, I saw a documentary earlier in the week about the men having penis extension operations. And I thought, well, that's a lot of trouble to go is to. Is it a documentary or DVD you sent off for from a, a <laughs> website? I think if, if you really, really want your uh, penis to be a bit longer, try getting an erection. <laughs> it works every time. Almost quadruples in size. It never goes right, does it? Penis What's extension that? operations. I, I don't know why it exists. I don't know what the, you know, I don't know what the benefit is. it's just funny that you're talking about this now and then you suddenly wear these trousers with the zip on one side now. 
It's as if there's been some botched operation. There's been no botched ops down my trousers. Hey, so listen, things you might like us to do on that uh, pleasure beach, tell us by texting us on 88291 or phone us 0500 288 291 or email, email russell.brand at Tell us what you'd like to happen in that ice cream van. I say this, it will be mobile. We will be giving out free ice cream. We're staying in the north that evening, so there's going to be all sorts of sexy Lancashire adventures going on in that ice cream van. What do you want to happen in it, Matthew? Well, I just want it to be orderly. Orderly? Yes. <laughs> all right, granddad. It's not going to be orderly. It's going You'll to be climb crackers. on the roof. I will. I always climb on the roof of Well, anything. I know what will happen. This is what my prediction will happen. Go on, then. You'll go, I want to climb on the roof. I want to climb on the roof. <laughs> and then Radio 2 people say, you're not insured to go on the roof. Yeah. And you can't go up there. And then you'll yeah. go, oh, geez, that, that'd be so small, but Jim Morrison would have done it. <laughs> and then you'll climb up there. Yeah. And then it'll just be pointless. And when you're up there, you'll do your classic thing of not knowing what to do and flashing. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for Flash! Ah! You've seen mediocre genitals? So, yeah, give us a ring when you want to. Also, uh, though, there's a few other things we've got to discuss. Noel Gallagher is coming on the show. I reckon we should ring Trigger up and say, what happened to you, mate, when you go home with them sex drugs? I'm, yes, we should ring him up. We will ring Trigger up now at home. He's probably still eyes a kite on sex drugs. Bludgeoning his poor wife with his angry jennies. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll listen to a little record and we'll do that. Noel Gallagher is, of course, coming up later. Also, uh, Jeffrey Capes, the strongest man on the whole planet and budgie breeder, will be talking to us a little bit later. Also, we've got some important issues to talk about. I mean, I, I, oh, also this. China, get out of Tibet. Get right out of Tibet. Get out of Tibet. Also, allow people to practice the religion Falun Gong. Because every time I go past that Chinese embassy, right near where we work here at Radio 2, 88 to 91 FM, yeah, when I go by the Chinese embassy, there's these fellas and like these lasses as well outside doing a thing called Falun Gong. It just looks like moving very slowly to me. But apparently in China, they ain't allowed to do it because the Chinese government ain't into it. So They don't move at all. They do, mate. You should see them just now. They were doing, like, you know, very slow tai karate. Chi. That's it. Tai Chi. Slow karate, I call that. They were doing that <laughs> outside outside the Chinese embassy. Stood there. And then there's a board up by them saying why they're doing it. And it's because the Chinese government won't allow people to practice Falun Gong. Well, why don't there. you put in a couple of days there on that patch? What? Just think it would be boring to stand outside the Chinese embassy because it's not a very high turn, not very high audience numbers. Like only passing traffic. That's the only attention you're getting for doing it. Uh, cold. Uh, Falun Gong does not permit you to probably have casual <laughs> sex or arrogant nihilistic outbursts. So I just think I struggle doing it. But China, let people do Falun Gong. Let them do their Falun Gong. Let them do their Falun Gong! Right, let's listen to Daniel Johnston, Dream Scream, Falun Gong! Daniel Johnston, Dream Scream, Russell Brand, Radio 2, Roger Lloyd Pack! Hello, Russell. Hello, trigger actor Roger Lloyd Pack! Glad to call me that. <laughs> um, Roger Lloyd Pack, after you, and, I'm, and I don't use this word lightly, stole herbal sex drugs <laughs> from our show last week, what yeah. happened to you? Well, no, I, I haven't used them yet, I'm saving them up. You took one in front of our eyes. I know, well, actually, I'll tell you what, I got home and I fell asleep. You fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got to admit. I, I wish you had CCTV in your living room, Roger, <laughs> because I bet you, I bet all sorts of people took advantage of your giddy new construction while that yeah. was going on. Yeah, no, I fell asleep, I'm afraid. I was, oh, that's a shame, Roger. That was a bit of a waste, really. But I've still got those two. I've still got those two I took with me, so I'm, I'm saving them up. Nick 'em! 
Get him down, yeah, Rog. Yeah, yeah, okay. We were a bit bad. Why don't you take him now? We'll call him up at the end of the show and <laughs> listen to you <laughs> for coping I'm with. About, I'm, I'm about to eat some fish now. I'm not. I'm, I might take. Uh, him later. Better not be a euphemism, Roger. Not till you had them lovely tablets. Um, did you mention to Emily my interest, my, my romantic interest? I haven't in mentioned her? it yet, but I'm going to do that. Now I've been. I've had a really busy week. I'm not in town. So I'm, busy, you can't mention something to a daughter. I know. I'm going. I'm, you, I'm feeling bad about it now. I'm, I'm going to. And ring speak to her tomorrow. Ring her up, Rog. I will. Also, we, a lot of people were surprised that you wouldn't do an impression of your most famous comic creation, Trigger, and yet would take unidentifiable sex drugs <laughs> on the recommendation of two former troubled young men. Well, you did, you mentioned it was herbal, and you know I've, I've got a lot of experience with herbal, and it's sort of uh, you don't hardly notice it, really, do you? No, I suppose not. I suppose I mean. not. We did. Me and Matt did actually. We did carried you? on like a right couple of jackasses. Did you? You probably took loads of them. No, we had we had as much as you, Roger. Really, really. Yeah, okay. Roger, have a word with Emily, will you? I will. All right then. We'll I, talk I, to you. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, All good right, luck then. with your play, yeah, Dealer's yeah, Choice. The, what the uh, Dealer's Choice? Dealer's Choice. Starring <laughs> Roger Lloyd Pack. It's with about his... poker. It's a poker play. It will be. Won't the amount of sex drugs you pop, dirty devil. Talk to you later, Roger. All right, bye bye. There he goes, old Roger that Lloyd Pack. Makes us look pretty bad, doesn't it? Yeah, because we were like a couple of shipwrecks after that. Roger Lloyd Pack just went home, and went to sleep. Me and Matt thought we were lizard kings. We were out. Maybe of he wasn't asleep; he just blacked out. He blacked out. Uh, he's running around London. He's very lucky he didn't choke on his own sick <laughs> <laughs> and die a terrible death. Trigger died today in a, what can only be described as an overly dramatic way. This is from Simon Ludgate. You are very funny on the wireless, but do the BBC know you're on? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody cheek from you, Ludgate. Yes, they do. They pay our wages and occasionally they bring us here. Hello, Russell and Matt, says Rosie. If you want to learn more about flashers, all you need to do is go to Blackpool on a Saturday night. Good. Well, we are. We are going there. How they do flash us. That can be one of our things that we do. Yeah, but if it's done by a crowd, it's not a flashing, it's just a, what is it? a sunshine or a moony, isn't it? Yeah, all right. It's got to be done in the woods. If it's, yeah, if it's done in the woods, that is a sex crime. If you do it out in the open on mass, it's actually an event. Mm. Right, so here's a few of the things that I want to mention. Stables Market in Camden, North London, London, where we live. They're closing down this market. I think we don't want it being, being closed, and we think it might be a corporate commercial enterprise. I think we're against it. Now, because this is the BBC, everything I say must be balanced out. So on one hand, is it wrong to let corporations take over our public <laughs> spaces and slowly deplete our freedom to congregate. That's one hand. Or is it bloody good business, a bit of a laugh. Boops. So uh, you make your own mind up, because I've given both sides of the argument now. But tomorrow so, will be so the I last day. Can I have one? Maybe I could have one opinion. You have the other opinion. All right, then. What are you going to be? I think I'm against it being turned into a shopping centre. Shopping centre. Shopping centre! Turn it right into one! Don't stop when it's nearly one and think we've done enough. Go right the way through to it's a shopping centre and it's got absolutely no individual character. I know young, uh, what's her face, young Nash, Katie Nash, she done something, didn't she, Dan? Did she? done a gig to help it. Yep, but they're still going to close it. Um, I think tomorrow's its last day, so if you are in the no. area, yeah, it's over tomorrow. So that's it. We People that live near Camden, like me, Matthew, we can't go down there 
and get jeans. And Russell's been down there so many times in the past year. I don't know how much of my life I spend down there just, you know, chatting with the Barra boys. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> doing a lamp of war. So you get all your Dior jeans from these days. I mean, you know, you get a very good bargain on Dior jeans. You can get some lovely bejeweled skulls and <laughs> <laughs> block wallpaper. You can get bejeweled skulls. Too. What? Not designer ones. Oh. Fair enough, then, because otherwise I'd be down there like a shot. That's why we need a shopping centre full of bejeweled skulls. Um, so, yeah, go down there tomorrow if you want to. I think, why don't we arrange a great big protest as it's the last day? Everyone, go down there and just keep flashing. How long? Identify yourself. We'll be a proper flash mob. Instead of being flash mob like we appear in a flash, be a flash mob. If you're a man, should I get your bum out? If you're a girl... Get your boobs out, yeah? Or you can do, you can switch it around if you like. Look you how long it took us to organise the uh, ice cream van. Yeah. That's never going to happen by tomorrow, is it? We might. All you've got to do is do that. We're right <laughs> behind you. You do it first. I'll get my bum out, mate. I'll I get out whatever you want me to get out. Ain't nothing on my body that I won't happily get out <laughs> at a moment's <laughs> notice. <laughs> Anything. So, actually, I spoke to some uh, trader, uh, or actually John Rogers, who is a, a friend of the revolution, did speak to a market trader, and he said that I can work on his stall for a bit tomorrow, or his shop or something. I can work in it for half an hour. I do that. I'm going to go down there, but only if I'm frequently flashed at by people's bums and boobs. Like blokes flashing at me, women flashing, just loads of flashing. That's... It's when things like that happen, I think we do need another shopping centre. <laughs> What's because of all this? Because that sounds unruly. <laughs> it does sound a bit unruly, all these people getting their bums out. So, yeah, phone, uh, text us about that. If you See if you want a shopping centre or if you want more. I don't know, Mark, it's up to you. Have a balanced view if you like. But hang on, didn't what? Spitalfields do that and they still got the same... They've still got a bit of market. They nulled it right up, Spitalfields Market in East London, where I used to live. They changed that into, like, from it used to be sort of a lovely market, right, and it was sort of a publicly owned, and then they turned it into a privately owned thing. One of the companies, I think they were called Balfour Beatty, one of the developers. Now it's just a drag down there. But remember, BBC Balanced View, it's nice down there. All <laughs> oh, nice down there. It is right nice. So, uh, yeah. You know, it's up to you. Come, you might want to come down there. I'll be down there between, I don't know, uh, I'll go down there around half 11. I'll go there at 11. So and it's I'll... 1 o'clock in Russell Brand time. Yeah, because there's a 1 in 11, two ones. So I'm just obeying one of them ones. And I'll go down there and work in this bloke's store. We'll have him on the phone a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, text us your views on that, 88291. Email russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. You might even know more about it because, you know, let's be honest, I ain't researched it, have I? You know me. I can't concentrate on something that's not about ultimately orgasms or showing off. Right, here's some important stroke interesting things that happened. One, Matt Morgan was round my house eating some food. He ate them little baby sweet corn things and goes, isn't it amazing that these baby sweet corns can be eaten at both extensions of their existence as they're in their seed form like they are now, the baby sweet corn, didn't say and then seed when form. they're grown up to be adult sweet corns. And everyone round went, they're not the same thing, you idiot! These little baby sweet corns don't grow into adult sweet corns like a family well, of sweet corns. they might do. They don't, because then what's a green sweet corn when it's like not properly ripened? The only thing that stops me thinking it is it comes to a point, whereas normal sweet corns are both flat-ended. And they've got that green husk around them. Where's that husk? Yeah, how do you know that hasn't been pulled off the baby sweet corn? Uh, you know it's not been done. It's not a conspiracy, Matt. There's not a conspiracy <laughs> to try and trick us into believing things about baby sweet corns. So perhaps you'd like to text us stupid things you believed in your ignorance on 88291. Or, Russell. if that is correct, please let us know. 
If it is correct, do let us know. Why but have you written that down? A little comment I make, yep. and it goes in your little rap book. <laughs> it goes in the... A little... little bit of paper is pulled out. <laughs> Other things that Matt has been up to this week. Matt had grave doubts about whether he was a real man when he started to find pictures of men on the internet arousing. <laughs> he never felt those feelings. Now then, um, and they wouldn't have those connotations anyway, so who cares about anything? Right, th and there's another important... What's the other important thing I've got to go on about? Oh, yeah, I've met this bloke the other day, right, and he was, like, I was just chatting to him, had a bit of a chat, it was going all right, he was an interesting sort of a fella. Then, like, you know, five minutes into the chat, after we were getting on quite well, just strangers talking, he went, you know, anyway, I mostly know what you do because of through your mum, Joe Brand. And I thought, <laughs> should I tell him that I'm not Joe Brand's son or not? And he was talk still talking. No, she's very good, your mum. She's very good. What's she doing now? And I just went, you know, busy doing this series. <laughs> I thought I'd just let him think it. Why not? He goes, oh, well, give him my card. I go, I will. And then that bit, I was just like, to imagine what my life would be like if I was Joe Brand's son and that. And People go, he's only got there because of his mum. Yeah. And I hadn't. I've got well, it because of all my work. She'd have to go, oh, men are awful, aren't they? My son yeah, is the worst. Yeah, she'd have to include that in her act. Why wouldn't she have ever mentioned it? And why haven't I mentioned it? What a strange and crazy world it is. Later on, we will have Noel Gallagher on the show, and we'll be telling you some things that happened when we went to David Williams's party last week. So we did go to it after the show. It's quite interesting. I don't mean it in an exclusive way. All oh, that we went to his party. It's just something funny happened. We'll let Noel Gallagher say it, though, so that we don't get in any legal trouble. Right, let's listen to <laughs> Cigarettes and Alcohol, Oasis. Oh, no. Come on, to celebrate Noel. He's right, well, he wrote it. He wrote He must have sat down somewhere with his foot locked in a shed or something. I can't believe what happened. He got his foot locked in a shed and he just thought, well, I don't want to be a builder no more. I'm going to sit down and write this out. And then he wrote it out and then Oasis happened. And this is the rest as well. History and tips. Cigarettes and alcohol, Oasis, Noel Gallagher, Liam Gallagher, they are in that group. This is some things that have been suggested to us by people, things that we should do while we're in Blackpool, which we will be next week between 9 and 11 on the South Promenade, next to Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Come down there, support us, we want to create. This could be a key point in the revolution, is what I'm saying. Here's some of the suggestions for ideas of stuff we should do. Uh, look at this person. Top, Mi mm, Minnie Thompson, or Tomo. Love Tomo Tompo and Minnie Tomps. This is who this is from. Tomo Tompo and Minnie Tomps. I've lost respect for them. Right. Hey, Russ, I think you should get Octopig to serve ice creams at the Pleasure Beach. We cannot get Octopig to do that. I think Octopig is dead. This is from Lauren. If my mum brings you to Blackpool next week, will you come on the infusion ride with me, please? If you are too scared, will you come on the Derby Racer horses instead? Because they're not too scary, I will buy one of your ice creams. Love from Lauren, age 11. Are there rides there? There's rides, baby! I'm going to go on a ride. We're going on the rides. After the pleasure, after we've done the show, we are going to a pleasure beach. If they let us all in for nothing, we'll get into all sorts of adventures there. Roller coasters. In what's the one called? Infusion, is it called? Did it just that say? Does, that sounds wrong. That sounds, that's like, it sounds like Twinings tea. tea. Other teas are available. It just sounds like a p sort of posh tea. You wouldn't name a ride after that, because there would just be a ride we went, oh, well, that's been wonderful. Wonderful infusion. Thank you very much. I've had a very pleasant afternoon. <laughs> That'd be, that's oh, we're going round again. Yeah, we're jolly good. Oh, ride called the teacups so you know in fact ride. it doesn't represent the experience of having a teacup at all accurately does it 
Because you just you know no, what idiots. Because <laughs> you whirl round. It's dangerous when you have a cup of tea. You just sat down watching the telly. All what? Day. So hang on. If you, imagine you were a sugar cube, you okay, dropped a cup of tea yeah. and it was stirred. I'm imagining it, man. Because yeah. I tell you what, you won't lose me. Because I will go on that journey with you, Matt Morgan. I will be that sugar cube. <laughs> what yeah? I don't like is the teacups have a door on the side that's just a big cutout that you walk into the teacup. Yeah, right? that. Well, that's what. Maybe that's for the spoon. You could put the spoon. No, in no. There. It's like there's a cup, but with a just a hole in it where you step in. Yeah, that's true. That's nothing like a cup because how would the tea be retained inside it? This ride is inaccurate. Plus, a house of horror, if you had a house that was full of horror, one earth would you put a train through it running in it making stops off but some of the things you'd be anxious to conceal like skelling tongues made of luminousness they're rubbish aren't they ghost rides rubbish absolutely rubbish. i went on one once it said on the wall it will tear your soul apart <laughs> right. i went on it it was the most it was badly kept and it, had, it was like, badly kept they hadn't bothered with it there was bits of it where they left the lights on in bits and it's oh, just, so with it's the just lights like... on in that's rubbish it goes was that a bit scary through. or was that the noise of the train no it goes it has like an alarm noise you know the noise oh, yeah. yeah no not that. <laughs> it is it's never left your house <laughs> and then guess what at the, at the last minute as you mm. went through the last set of double doors <laughs> bang into the like daylight yeah what happened? i said rem on the wall R.E.M. That's nothing to do with anything. R.I.P. Maybe. The R.E.M. Just like, did you, was it a reference to the band R.E.M.? Uh, yeah, well, it looked or like rapid it was, eye it was R.E.M. written in sort of drippy red blood paint. R.E.M. And then when I got what out... What will Michael Stipe do next? And I got out and I laughed about the fact that it said it will tear your soul <laughs> apart. I then started to think, maybe that will. Yeah, maybe. But it'll take a few months. Maybe it's doing it in a subtle way. Maybe because, how's your soul feeling lately? I don't know if I've ever got one. It's been shattered and torn to shreds by R.E.M. Shiny happy <laughs> people holding hands. Um, so, yeah, it won't ever tear yourself apart. We will go on those rides. I once went on a sort of a thing at Universal Studios, right? It was called Van Elsin's House of Horror or something. Well, it was horrifying, right? Because you go in it and it's, what it is, it's not like a sort of like R.E.M. and band names <laughs> written on the wall and eerie slogans like, we'll tear your soul apart. Like, actors just leap out at you. So you can't help but be scared. It's dark in there. Mm. You're walking through like a sort of a darkened corridor and you can't really properly see. And then an actor just comes like, and like, and he's dressed as Dracula or Frankenstein or someone, but that ain't the point. If, if he's dressed as Doris Day and jumps out behind you, it's going to freak you out, isn't it? Yeah. It, it don't matter who he dressed as. When was that? What age were you? Uh, last year. <laughs> it, was quite, it was someone jumps out at you. Last year? Well, I don't know. I was in Hollywood. I can't remember what was going on. I was over there for something. I was, oh. It was on holiday. It was three or four years ago when I went over there. I went on holiday with a girl over Christmas to right. Hollywood land. Yeah, it was bonkers, actually. I've been to the one in Florida. Have you? What's that? What, Disney World? No, well, Universal. There's a few. Right, Those right, rides right. are pretty good, aren't they? Because there's like a big... You're in an earthquake and then you go underground and stuff. Yeah. And a lorry blows up. Sounds like an earthquake that you're in, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. There's a sort of a hurricane called something like Betty. I, listen to this. I was flashed outside the BBC in Manchester by a funny-looking ginger man in a knitted jumper. Is he one of your colleagues? Yes. Mikey. <laughs> That's Mikey. That's why he's been sacked. I reckon you say, no, he's not. He's working for Tim Westwood. Things are going well. Although, you know, oh, God knows, Tim Westwood will be dragging him out on some sort of lifestyle that he can't cope with. I reckon you sell Mr. Whippy with a J-Lube topping from the van. It'll slide right down. What is J-Lube? I don't know. I imagine it's something next to your bed. J-Lube? 
Is it a sexual thing? We're not putting that in an ice cream, you pervert, Matt from Bournemouth. Train yourself to some railings at Camden Market tomorrow. I will not. We're, this is a flashing You've done protest. You've protest in your life, haven't you? I'm always protesting. You trained yourself to the railings at West Ham. I did do that. What was that over? I believe I would like a new shirt. <laughs> no, well, what it was over is that uh, fans being able to stand up at matches. I was just, uh, I'm not that bothered actually, I quite like sitting down. But I think people who want to stand up should be able to at football. So it had an effect? They are bringing back some standing areas in a lot of premiership grounds. They're reviewing it and looking at it as long as it can be done safely. The campaign for safe standing continues. A lot of people, when they look at why this legislation has been pushed through, say, do you remember that day Russell Brand chained himself <laughs> to some railings outside West Ham? I mean, remember it? That's what got me involved in this whole legislative procedure. And then they all sort of stand up and go, God bless you, Mom, and salute a oil painting of me <laughs> on the wall where I'm wearing a little crown. Hey, Russ, Matt G and everyone else, I'm a regular listener, so I know you don't normally do requests, but can you please play some Red Hot Chili Peppers? By luck, there is one in there, so we will. We'll play that for you, yeah? It's next. Well, <laughs> you eerie little guy. It was going to happen anyway, but we're dedicating it to you, but your name's not on there, so you'll never know that we... Well, you'll know, but no one else will ever know. Hello, Russell and Matt. You should paint... Moomins, rainbows, and Smurfs on the side of your ice cream van, and sing the Coco Pop tune over the tannoys, and act as Pied Pipers for the revolution. I do like that idea. Can we have Moomins and Smurfs painted on the side of our ice cream van, please? And can we send Mr. Nibs to Moominland? Because he's not supposed to be here. Mr. Nibs is a servant. Well, he's of our still show. in this country. He's not anywhere near Moominland. Nowhere near it. Get to Moominland, young man. Hello, Russell and Matt. I'd like to say that I think you're both bloody sexy and it is wrong for nasty corporations to drive everyone into a consumerist ideology. Seems a lot of people don't want that market to close, but this is BBC, so I provide balance. Some people do want it to close. <laughs> for God's sake, are they insane? They're trying to erase individuality. Aren't there enough top shops yet? It's so stupid. But for a bit of balance... No, there are not enough top shots. <laughs> There's the old balance. All nice and balanced up nice and tight. Right. There's been an incident. There's been an incident somewhere in the world, and here's some information about it now. Bad gorilla, Coco, bad gorilla. Three former caretakers for Coco the talking gorilla contend in a lawsuit that they were ordered to flash their breasts at the ape to satisfy a nipple fetish. On one occasion, the lawsuit says, Gorilla Foundation President Penny Patterson told the gorilla, Coco... Well, apparently, what seems to be going on is that there's a gorilla asking people to see it's, if he can see their nipples. I think you've been hoodwinked again. I've not, actually. Where's the proper article? There is it, I swear to God. Where is that thing? Here, look, listen to this. Listen to this. Gorillas don't you know what me. boobs are. They do, mate. Hey, Russell, Matt and Mr. G, says Dan in Trowbridge. I'm a student. Why would a student lie? He's trying to learn. <laughs> and recently, whilst completing some work, do you see how studious this guy you, is? How diligent, it. how focused? I innocently stumbled, innocently stumbled across a Wikipedia page on Coco the Gorilla where I found a particular section to be in similarity with the sexual antics of the filthy dolphin mentioned on your show earlier this year. Well, actually, that dolphin married the woman that he was having sex with, so it turned out that it was all right, because... The, they never had sex, she just married a dolphin. What, that she's never had sex with? Well, it's going to come as a bit of a shock when that well, dolphin suddenly that's goes... That's the bit you think's <laughs> weird about it. <laughs> she hasn't even had sex with him. Hold on, you're marrying this dolphin, you've not had sex with him. Well, let me tell you something, sex is a vital part of any marriage, particularly to a dolphin. <laughs> so I suggest you get yourself a snorkel. Listen to this, then. Right. Coco, the gorilla, has been involved in several sexual harassment lawsuits. At least three former employees, all female, have claimed that they were pressured into showing their breasts to Coco. By, by Coco? 
Listen, Matthew, if what you listen to the mine? story, <laughs> I can help you. I can't help you to understand Coco if you don't listen to the information <laughs> I'm trying to give you. They alleged that Dr. Patterson, the gorilla's handler, encouraged the behaviour, often interpreting Coco's signs as requests for nipple display. Oh, I think he wants to see some nipples again. No, it just looks like he's eating a banana. No, he always does that when he wants to see some lovely nipples. It's best to get them out because he could go mad and eat his young. He hasn't got any young. Just get your boobs out, for God's sake. Well, and he's been in... So sexual harassment we'll... suits have been brought against him. Send us more information, listeners, because we need to know more about this. He listens to this and he goes, uh, he often interpreted Coco's signs as requests for nipple display and let them know, these women, that their jobs would be in danger if they did not indulge Coco's nipple fetish. Coco has been known to playfully grab both male and female nipples without warning or provocation. Why would there be? Why don't anyone provoke a gorilla into grabbing their nipples? Hey, Coco, if you fancy a fruity better nipsy whipsy, come this way. Um, why are they in there with their nipples out? <laughs> gorillas are dangerous. I know, Matthew. That's one of my. I've understood this about gorillas for some time. It's made clear in films like Gorillas in the Mists. That made it very clear. King that Kong. King Kong. Look how he carried on. It's the first sign of a pretty face. It went all mad, didn't he? Went all proper barking. So, um, yeah, well, I don't know why they're in there. I imagine these ones where he's playfully grabbed them through their... Uh, maybe did it through their clothes. You know, maybe he just knew that that's where a nipple would be. You know, he's a well, smart little monkey. So. What was that thing they used to do at school, didn't they? What, nipple twists? Nipple cripple. Go, nipple cripple! And they grab your nipple. <laughs> they did used to do that, Matt, and they were quite, quite wrong. And I was against them, and they're... Well, I mean, if any listeners have got crippled nipples, I apologise <laughs> for Matt Morgan's uh, oh, language. Up. However, in the interest of balance, I do not apologise. Right. Turn your phone off, Why Russell. Why the hell has this happened? Now that you've got the same phone as me. i got the same phone as Matthew, out of what can only be described as childish jealousy. But hold on, let's just see what else happens. Dr. Patterson Dr. Patterson claims that Coco uses the word nipple to refer to humans. So why is he making everyone get their nipples out? Because he could just be saying he wants to see a human. All claims of harassment have been permanently dropped as of the 21st of November 2005 <laughs> after the foundation and parties involved reached a settlement. Well, there you are then. So don't lose well, hope. Obviously the Mr. Patterson's to blame. Do you blame Patterson? Can you please send us more information on this? Find out if you're if you're listening to us on the internet. Please find out more about Coco. Find out about Mr. Patterson. We need to know. If hmm? a gorilla has uttered the word nipple, yeah, that's not massive uttered. news. No, he's not uttered it, has he? <laughs> uttered the word nipple. That's what he says. He uses the word nipple for humans, and he goes, "Coco uses the word says, talking. talking as in the sense of signing. He can do signs. Loads of monkeys can do signs. We know about that already, don't we?" We know monkeys can do signs. We can, we've, we've learned about that already. Right, come on, let's play the Chili Peppers. All right, play the Chili Peppers. Then we come back. We'll be talking to possibly Jeff Capes. <laughs> oh, I don't know what else could we be doing. Well, I want Jeff to know Capes. more about that nipple gorilla. Right, we're going to find out about this nipple gorilla by talking to Jeff Capes, the strongest <laughs> man in the whole effing world. Here's the Chili Peppers for you, mystery boy. Cabron, 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 Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is Russell Brand on Radio 2. We're coming up to a bit of newsy poozy in a little bit of time, but before that, we've got time for my new item. Da -ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Russell Brand Sexy Circus. Say you want to go out of some, like, say you've got an unusual fetish, like you really want to go out of someone who's really unusual or something. Phone up, I'll find you one. Da -da 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 -da. Russell Brand Sexy Circus. What has it worked? 
Uh, say you, for example, goes. No, oh, not me. No, yes. Uh, you want to go of like, say, someone that like had a co-joined twin. I go, all right, mate. I'll get you one, and then I'll just go. Who's got a co-joined twin? <laughs> What's the guy of Matt? And then, uh, then I'll get them for you. Brilliant. It's Russell Brand <laughs> Sexy Circus. Ring us now on 0500 288 291 FM. Of course it could. It's Russell Brand we've Sexy never Circus. Managed, we've, this always what? happens. What about that gay bloke last week wanted to go out for bear? Oh, yeah, that ended in a lot of heartbreak. Jeff Capes. Jeff Capes! We're getting Jeff Capes. Now, Jeff... Let's not offend Jeff Capes. Jeff Capes, I don't think... I don't know if he's gay or not, but I'd always assumed not. I'd say not. I'd say not, but we don't know. Maybe Jeff Capes can be persuaded by the offer of a little lad called Tim. I believe he's from Bournemouth, who's well up for it. So, you know, I mean, how not gay would you have to be to turn down some definite sex? You know, if, if you have gone, no, I'm really, really not gay. Because, like, say me, I'm not gay. But if little Tim wants to have it off, well... Why not? Give it a try. Who's to say it might not be a life-changing experience? On the subject of stupid belief systems, because remember, Matt stupidly and wrongly believed... Have we had any emails about that? Yeah, here's one. This is from Sam. Uh, Matt is largely right on the question of baby corn, says Sam. Baby corn are grown by harvesting corn early, and although it's a different strain of corn from the normal sweet corn we buy in shops, it would grant something very similar, including the green husk, if it were left alone. I love the show, keep up the work. Hold on, but this is, look at this one from Steve. Made up one. Matt is very wrong Made about up. the sweet corn because uh, it's a stupid thing to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Steve write that? <laughs> Steve's pen has skidded across the page. Anyway, in the interest of balance, we can happily say that uh, it says it's a different strain, Matthew. It's a different strain. You idiot. Don't you know anything about straining and the strains? It says that I'm right. No, it doesn't. So this is just I'm not fully right, but I'm more right than you. What did you think it was? It's a different plant, which is what it is. It's similar. I mean, it's the same colour. It's got little bits in it. But in that film Big, when Tom Hanks goes to a banquet and he's confused because he's actually a child, he picks up one of them and eats it like it's a proper corn on the cob, like people doing cartoons. <laughs> Eating it in rows. And, he, and that is used to demonstrate his idiocy and childishness. And idiocy and childishness that you've demonstrated as an actual yeah. 30-year-old man. Unless you are a idiocy child who made a wish to be a grown-up man and now work with me. <laughs> <laughs> which is something I'm starting to believe is the reality you're behind this relationship. How? All your references are from things like uh, in Back to the Future, in Big. <sighs> They're all 80s children's films. Everything you know comes from 80s children's films. I believe, Matthew. Ghostbusters. <laughs> I think you'll find <laughs> that the ghost of the library <laughs> he first emerged from a book by Dan Quayle, former vice president who couldn't spell potato. Listen here, actually, because uh, Graham, who works here on this show, being in charge of... Well, Matt is ostensibly in charge of buttons. I've stopped saying that because he do, does so very little with the buttons. Graham is like a button overlord. He just told me that as a child, he believed that cats were female dogs. That he thought that they were the same species, but the cats were the girl ones. That well, doesn't say much for uh, their gender relationship. Whose gender relationship? This cats species that he imagined fighting. it. You're fighting like cats and dogs! Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, not in... I'd like to find out a bit more about Graham's family background. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> imagine it would make very disturbing listening. The, my dad told me, said Lydia, that there was a man with neat handwriting who sat at the end of the Cadbury production line writing Cadbury onto each individual square of chocolate. I believed him until I was 13. Oh, oh Lydia. Life. You lived in a world of lies. Until not long ago, I thought that off the back 
Valori was meant in the literal sense and and queried with a friend that lorry drivers ought be more careful, says yeah, George Clay. For I the, thought the black market was a place you could go to. What do you mean? You thought, oh, we're going down you a get black it market. On the black market. Go, oh, it's a dark, nocturnal place where you can get something. Hi, Russell and Matt. I used to believe that <clears throat> limes were juvenile lemons. Actually, are they, says Gary from Brighton. You still believe it? No! Yeah, but you can see why I'd think that. Because well, it's green. Things are green before they go and become yellow. And they're the same <laughs> sort things, of thing. Things are green before they come yellow, like traffic <laughs> lights and banana splits. <laughs> you silly oaf. Why don't you write a song for Sesame Street? Russell, I love I've you. Tried. You are my idol. Thank you. My friend thought that seahorses were made up mythical creatures like unicorns till she was 16, says Sophie in Northern Ireland. Quite magical, really, though. They are pretty mad. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if someone, if you didn't know elephants was real and then someone just produced one, you'd go, wow, well, good work. How on earth did you keep it under your petticoat? I'd be yeah. enormously impressed. The seahorses don't, they're not like any other thing in the sea. They're not, like, are they? Because there's not like a... Journey. There's not a sea, for example, well, there is a sea cow, but it don't look nothing like a cow. And there's not a, like, a sea skyscraper. Don't get hung up on the word horse in Hold sea on. No, I am. Because it is a lot like a horse. It's got the same shape head as a horse. I mean, say that there wasn't It's not a... related to a horse. Well, oh, listen, mate, you think that sweet corn and baby sweet corn are the same thing. You probably so think, once a horse probably went into the sea, and then it learned to swim off of Aquaman, and that's why it's a seahorse. So that's the sort of thing that you go around believing. Um, the seahorse, I believe, is unique among marine animals because it's liars all the time. <laughs> oh, this is skinny. I love Camden Market. They can't take it away or I'll cry because something odd, all sorts of weird. You're a legend there. For my birthday, I bought loads of crazy clothes using that text language that teenagers use. Now, listen, young man, we, you've alienated us with your bizarre use of the number eight and Zs. But thank you for your support of Camden Market. But in the interest of balance, shut it down. Yo, Matt and Rust, you were talking about Whippy earlier. Did you know that Margaret Thatcher had a hand in inventing Mr. Whippy as she used to be a chemist? No, I don't know that, and I don't believe it either, that Margaret Thatcher invented Mr. Whippy. What's a chemist? When they, what if chemists, they're always on that little raised platform just doing stuff up there? Yeah, up there. A loop. Elevated from they're inventing us. ice cream. That's all they're doing up there. They need that space and height for these poxy contributions to the world. Okay, right, we are going to have a bit of news now. Out of the news, we are going to be talking to... Arta. Out of the news. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant out of the news. I did say Arta. Out of the news. Out of the news. We're going to be talking to Jeff Capes about his inhuman, beastly strength and uh, budgerigar breeding, how he got into that. I'm quite interested in that. We'll ring up Noel Gallagher later. Also, what, don't we, why aren't we talking to any normal people? Should we talk to some, some normal people? They don't seem to ring us. They do. It's just Nick. He hangs the phone up on them. Nick, who's the produces the car, uh, the car, <laughs> car. <laughs> or whatever this is. <laughs> I think because it gets driven, it's like a car. Anyway, I think those see them drugs. They've damaged my brain. Have you noticed? Mind you, no, I yeah, done some stand up the other night. It's brilliant. Right, come on then. Let's go to the old news. News. Here is the news. And here is the ten o'clock news. Now this is Andrea Simmons. Online. On digital and on 88 to 91 FM, BBC Radio 2, Russell Brand.
Richard Hammond hosts Bank Holiday Breakfast from 7 o'clock. Being nicknamed after what is essentially a fat, tailless mouse, whose only trick is it can hide his lunch in its face in case it gets peckish later on and dies unexpectedly just to upset your kids. On 88 to 91 FM, BBC Radio 2. They all looked cross at me when I did that. Richard Hammond! Listen to his radio show! Alright, in the interest of balance, don't listen to it. This is something else. Now he sounds nice, doesn't he? He bounced back from that crash. He bounced right back, didn't he? That done him the power of good, that brush with death, didn't it? I saw him on telly saying, well, he went on Jonathan Ross, he said he couldn't feel feelings or couldn't have memories or something. What do you mean he can't feel feelings if you go to him? No, he couldn't. Richard, that trail was poorly constructed and the backing music made him want to be sick. He'd just go, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, he wouldn't care. Just look out the window. I'm just a survivor. I'm a survivor. I think I'd like Richard Hammond. It's what nice, if he, isn't like, it? after that, like, every now and again, he just, like, swears? I'd like shouts it. shouts out a swear word. Yeah, I'd just go, for, we've got to let him off. Because he's about to brush with death. What if, like, now he's addicted to brushes with death? And, like, we'll just start smashing his head into things, taking incredible risks sexually. What? His agent will go. Richard, you haven't had a brush with death for a while. Yeah, okay, I'll go, right, I'll just have a brush with death. Why don't you just, I don't know. Have you ever had a brush with death? Yeah, I've always brushed him if it was a younger man. Oh, scarcely. Hanging around crack houses, you're likely to have a brush with death there. I once got myself... <laughs> that was really funny, I was just telling an anecdote about a brush with death in a crack house, and someone passed me a note that says in capital letters, Jeff Capes is on the line. <laughs> just says that. Makes my brush with death in a crack house seem senseless. Oh, I was just, there was a prostitute arguing with a pimp and I, I just sort of got involved a little bit in it. And I this thought, isn't the time the, uh, with the tiny gun. Uh, no, that wasn't the tiny gun story. I was once shot out with a tiny gun as well. <laughs> like the bullet sort of went ping! <laughs> but still, I was involved in a shooting. So there you go, Richard Hammond. Just a boring car crash. Me, crikey. <laughs> All right. Okay, Jeff Capes is on the line. Hello, Jeff Capes, are you there? Yeah, you're mad. You're absolutely mad. Well, you say that, Jeff, but I didn't spend my whole life picking up great barrels of beer and all that <laughs> antics you were involved in for a job. Good, dear. Yeah, you're dead right there, mate. Yeah. It's lovely to talk to you, Jeff. I'm... Yes. So were you aware at the time of uh, the, the your, your fame was pretty expansive and uh, I don't know how much it affected you, just at, at my school, for example, Jeff Capes was a byword for strength. Who do you think you are? Jeff Capes, people yeah, would say. Yeah, it's crazy, was... isn't it? You know. Was you married at the time, or are you married? Is that you the thing? Because we were wondering whether or not you're gay earlier. People what, now? Said, people were said that you're not gay, but I just thought perhaps you are. No, I'm not, not gay, mate. I, I have a partner now. I was married. Oh, yeah. Was you married at the time when you was the strongest man in the world? No, no. Was you taken advantage uh, of your <laughs> position as a strong man by having lots of really strong sex? <laughs> Yeah. That's, a, that's a rather uh, pointy question to ask, isn't it? Well, you, know, you could I mean, just say, mind you, our business, Russell, or you could go, yeah, I was actually. Uh, I was using my... Away, you can get away with, with different moves, you know that, don't you? Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, being strong and all that. Yeah, I know, it must be brilliant, because you could pick people up and carry them. <laughs> Are there strength groupies? Were there women that go, oh, he's so bloody strong, if I could perch myself <sighs> on his knee? Um, yeah, there, I suppose there was. Uh, you know, there were... You know, time, I suppose, you know. You should throw a few bras and knickers at you to sign and all that. Through uh, bras and knickers at you to sign? They're difficult to sign as well, aren't they? Because sometimes yeah, they there's moisture yeah, and the pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so but, I, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I suppose there was, yeah. I I've do... never thought of it that, like that. I've never thought of it like that. No. What have you not thought of, like, what, Jeff, you big, strong well, like, pervert? Well, groupy things, you know. I mean, uh, if, if you, you stars, you do all that, you know, and all the uh, rock groups and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I do get brass thrown at me, but where I'm not that strong, it sometimes hurts a bit. Because <laughs> 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 I've not got the strength to absorb it up. Uh, right, here's... Jeff, how come, though, right, I know you're a big man, you always look like, uh, you always look like sort of a normal bloke. How come you're, like, sort of, say, for example, like like a bodybuilder or something, they look like they've been uh, they're made in a factory, whereas you, Jeff Capes, look like a normal bloke, like you look like you drank beer and that. <laughs> while that was going on. Yeah, well, I suppose in a way, you know, I was a natural sort of guy, you know. I, I was one of five brothers, and we're all the same. You, you know, sexy brothers. There should be Sorry? a musical about you and your brothers. There should be a musical <laughs> yeah. called seven The Capes Brothers. Seven brothers type yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah that I know type what you mean. thing, I'm, Jeff, lot... but that would be difficult, because then you'd be in direct competition with that already existing musical. <laughs> this would be five brothers, right? And, like, yeah. you're the strongest one of them, and the others all have another superpower. One can see through walls, you know, yeah. just different powers. One can make fire come out of his hand, maybe. Who you know, just different powers. The Capes brothers. Yeah. Oh, it's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Capes! Ba, 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 ba. Uh, what other things do I need to know? Now, Jeff, is it true that now... Uh, that, oh, yeah, did you get into much fights when you was the strongest man in the world? Never got into fights at all. The, the hardest thing is, obviously, to walk away from. The easiest thing is to get into them. Right, well, because I suppose you could use your massive strength to perhaps yeah, punch it's someone. Yeah, it's always a problem, you know. you got the finger pointed at you a bit in, yeah, in the pubs and that. And, uh, the finger? Pub... Which, well, they pointed a finger at you, Jeff Cates. Yeah, you know, like you could check you on type thing, but you had to walk away, didn't you? You know, That's a with, bold with policy. You know? Well, they go, I might try and take on Jeff Capes. Yeah, yes, they would do, yeah, yeah. Crikey. Well, yeah. that's a bonkers risk to have taken. Yeah, they were bonkers, yeah. But, I, you know, I had to walk away from them, so... Uh, You're a placid and gentle man, aren't you, Jeff? I'm a, I'm a pretty gentle sort of guy, yeah, but, um, you know, don't provoke me, don't push me, you know? It's, it's, Uh-oh. Oh, that's hello. like the Hulk. You're like Jeff. You've got a hulky element to you, you big, sexy brute. Um, <laughs> Jeff, we recently saw uh, a TV programme where uh, you had Leo Sayer, per Leo Sayer from uh, the uh, pop singer, uh, per wearing a kilt perched on your shoulder. You were wearing a kilt, Leo Sayer was wearing a kilt, Leo Sayer got on your shoulder while the two of you sang the song, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. Jeff, yeah, could you... I can remember that, yeah. <laughs> it was did... a, pro a programme that he did, you know, he, he did with kind of, I suppose, other stars, other sports stars or whatever, and... We had to do a gig with him, you know, either sing or play an instrument or something like that. I can't play an instrument, so I have to sing something, you know? Yeah, did you like having Leo say it up on your shoulder? Because he's wearing a kilt as well, so he's, you got very near to Leo Sayer's yeah. upper thighs and nude bottom. Well, he had to, he had to try to toss a caver. Right. No, have you ever seen Leo Sayer try to toss a caver? Well, no, no Jeff. No. I don't kind of social life you think I lead. <laughs> Most weekends I've seen Leo Sayer tossing a caver. <laughs> no, it's never happened before. So, did it? Uh, did you? Because did you like having him there, or did it make you feel vulnerable? No, it's a bit of a strange request. I think I had him in my hand. No, I better rephrase that. I had him standing. <laughs> that is unprofessional. He was wearing a kilt, he was exposed, and you thought, oh, I'll have me some of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a bit of a joke, really, but uh, it was good fun at the time.
Jeff, would you mind telling the listeners of our Radio 2 show what it is you now do now that you're not doing strength as a job? Well, I'm actually help coaching athletes. I've been down to Crystal Palace today actually watching some of the young throwers uh, that we're coaching down at Loughborough College. And, young um, throwers? Yeah, young throwers. <laughs> to, uh, shot putters. Uh, which devils. obviously I used to do before I did athletics, uh, before I did strongman, I beg your pardon. You're quite right. Uh, Trigger you know, out of Only Fools and Horses was in here last week and he goes... Um, yeah, oh. I was even on their show once. Yeah. You were uh, on that? Uh, on, on Fools and Horses where they had a riot out, outside of the flat and it was eight, eight floors up. What and episode? He, he dragged Rodney back. He said they were, they were throwing bricks and that and all that. And it was seven floors up, and he says, hey, you know, you're going to get it in a minute. He says, everything got down there, Jeff Capes. Jeff Capes. Oh, it yeah. was the language. I thought you meant that you actually turned up in it, perhaps wearing a kilt, cupping Leo Sayers' nuts. Jeff, <laughs> also, though, as well as training young throwers, don't you also uh, teach budgies how to fly? Hey, now, now, now you're touching a, a, raw, a raw nerve here. Well, you know, now you know how Leo Sayer felt. <laughs> <laughs> Do, well, do you teach budgies? No, no, no. no. I actually uh, show budgie regards as a hobby. You show them? <laughs> what do yeah, you show yeah, them? Leo yeah. Sayers balls? No, no, you wally. Budgie regards. Yeah. You, you show budgie regards to others. Yeah, to other to people. <laughs> my, my budgie Would you like to see a budgie regard? There's one in here. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you, you just show them to people? Yeah, we, we show them like, like competitively, like cross dogs and all that sort <laughs> of Competitively. You know? Right, I'm going to show you a budgery car. There right. it is. Now, go and look at that one. If you think it's better, you're an absolute yeah. fool. Yeah, pick me type thing, you know. Well, it sounds nice. It's X Factor, but for budgies, of course. Yeah, no, it's good fun. You know, it's, uh, you know, it keeps me, I suppose, I was going to say it keeps me sane, but there again. Uh, yeah, have you got, uh, where are they? Down into your garden in a sort of a big yes, shed, Avery. In the Avery, yeah, yeah, sure. Duh, are they all alright? Well, how many is there down there? Uh, a couple of hundred or so. Yeah. But Jeff, with your superhuman strength, do you not sometimes go up to them budgies and go, "Oh, you're so cute," and give it a cuddle <laughs> and put your thumb <laughs> through its head? <laughs> no, I don't do that. No, 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 no. You, oh. Yeah, you, you have them on your finger and you talk to them. I, I suppose like other people talk to their horses and cats and dogs. No, I do it with my budgies. Just chatting away to them budgies. I think that's quite nice. That makes me very feel sort of peaceful and happy inside, Jeff. <laughs> the thought Good, of you, thank you chatting to them budgies. Jeff, um, now that you're in our lives, will you promise that you'll always stay and that we can talk to you whenever we want? Yes, I suppose you've got my number now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have, Jeff. We can just bring you up all night. Jeff, Jeff, can we come get in bed with you? We're frightened. <laughs> yeah, well, if you get in a truck, you can always give me a ring, you know. You know, you can, all, you can always say, Jeff, come and help me, or Jeff, you know, somebody's going to plant me one. Can you come and help me? I will do. Something like that. I yeah. live in a lot of fear. Jeff, um, also, once on a programme like Going Live, some kids' programme, I saw you go on it, right, and there was a panel of little children. They goes, oh, can you, right, who wants to ask Jeff Capes a question? And, they, and one of the kids goes, Jeff, you're the strongest man in the world, so you're probably not scared of anything. Are oh, you scared of anything? And you said, spiders a bit. And then you went, right, so are oh, you scared of spiders? Uh, not now, no. I've grown up a bit, no, no. Well, you're no, still uh, quite I'm big then. You flying, had a great big flying. beard. I don't like flying. You don't like flying? No, no. 
You must be in a terrible state when you see them budgies fluttering about. <laughs> oh, stop flying! Pack no, it in! I, I don't I, like it! I don't it. like the old aircraft bit anymore. You know, no, I don't like that. You're no. against that. That's your only fears. But also, on that kids' TV programme, right, you went spiders, you went, and then you went, you know, and some other things that I just don't really want to talk about. And I thought, why is he saying that on children's television? Because <laughs> the implication was that you had some dark, morbid, terrifying secret. <laughs> Have ya? No, no, I suppose I meant the flying bit, you know, the flying in an aircraft. Right, you just didn't want the kids to know. No, no, yeah. I didn't, you know, I mean, you, you get pointed on and, you know, so, you know, you're supposed to be doing all sorts of things, you're strongest, you know, and you, you're not afraid of anything, but yeah. yes, I am. <laughs> People know? expect oh. too much of you, Jeff. You're, God, Jeff, if you were here now, I'd give you such a bloody cuddle. Oh, I'd... dear. <laughs> 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 Jeff Cakes, thank you so much for coming on our show. We love you, I love you, and I don't Thanks know, I love you. Thank you very Matt. much, mate, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. Bye, Jeff lovely. Capes. I kissed Bye, the Jeff. microphone. Jeff Capes. Jeff Capes. I really love <laughs> Jeff Capes. I'm happy. He's hear him laughing. Oh, he's like Johnny Green Giant. Jeff, he's, he's gone now. Oh, well. We'll never see his like again, will oh, we? Oh, he's lovely, isn't he? And he's friendly and warm. Oh, Jeff Capes. I'd like to fall asleep on his lap. Why? I don't know. Just you'd feel safe, wouldn't you? Unless you started trying to get up your kilt like you did Paul Leo Sayer on that TV programme. Was... Oh, yeah, he's a very nice bloke. Yeah, he's a really nice man. Right. Uh, should we listen to a record of some description? Yeah, what do you want? Uh, brrr, record, say. Record, Doorbell's record, record. Doorbell, what, uh, the white stripes. Yeah, right, yeah, listen to that, stick it on. Yeah, right, put it on. Bell. You're listening to Russell Brand Show, 88 to 91 FM. Remember, next week we're doing the show live from the South Promenade in Blackpool, Pleasure Beach, from 9 till 11. Come down there and see us. You will be welcome. You'll be given free ice creams. I reckon we should get Noel Gallagher to write a uh, jingle to come out of it. Like, so that when we go, instead of it going, dun, 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 just play some Noel Gallagher thing that he's done specially for the radio show. Yeah, he's in the studio yeah, doing an do album. That. He, he will do, do it. that for us. Let's get him to by pressure. Otherwise, okay. we'll tell people on air about how <laughs> gay he was being <laughs> at David Wanham's party. That's right. Noel Gallagher was acting all gay, and he'll be justifying that later on this show. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay, but there is something wrong with Noel Gallagher being gay. I don't think there's anyone in the world that would dispute that. Balls, says the headline. Woman jailed for testicle attack. A woman who ripped off her ex-boyfriend's testicle with her bare hands has been sent to prison. Quite rightly. What an attack to pull on someone. Both of them right off. Well, let's have a listen. Amanda Monty, 24, flew into a rage when Jeffrey Jones rejected her advances at the end of a house party. <gasps> Good oh, Lord. God. What? Never reject someone's advances is the message there if you're a man and that other person is a woman. Yeah? Better? Yes, better. <laughs> but still bad? Still quite a bad <laughs> thing to say. Uh, but for balance, do the opposite. She pulled off his left... My God, this woman's berserk. She pulled off his left testicle and tried to swallow it before spitting it oh. out. A friend handed it back to Mr. Jones, saying, that's yours. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what a gent. <laughs> I think a... that's yours. I think uh, you're Good that... luck with that. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be in the right place at all. Put it in your pocket. Perhaps it'll make its own way home like a carrier pigeon. Well, ask Jeff Capes. When his budgers escape, they all fly back, you know. But look at this. I like this subheading. You know how, like, each uh, like paragraph has its own little subheading? Yeah. This one, the subheading is, pulled hard. 
<laughs> well, what happens with this paragraph? Sentencing Monty, Judge Charles James, it was a serious injury and that Monty was not acting in self-defence. What kind of self-defence would that be? If you like, the balls would have to have been lowered on you really aggressively. Teabagging, I believe well, she that's called. self-defence. I pulled it off and tried to eat it. <laughs> and self-defence! I don't know what would have happened had I not tried to eat that ball. The court heard that Mr Jones has ended his long-term but open relationship with Monty towards the end of May last year. The pair remained on good terms on the 30th of May. What a dramatic turnaround from good terms to ripping off one ball, trying to swallow it, then spitting it out again. That's evil. It's quite a turnaround. The pair, uh, an argument ensued. Mr Jones said there was a struggle between them. In his statement, Mr Jones said she grabbed his genitals and pulled hard. Why were his genitals exposed? Maybe he was wearing a kilt. Maybe he was just a kilt-wearing gentleman. It's just his traditions. He added, that caused my underpants to come off. <laughs> that caused them to come off. And I found I was completely naked and in excruciating pain. I like that he found he was in excruciating pain. Hang on. I'm in excruciating that's like good pain. That's a form of legal speak, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. You like, write a statement. So yeah. that's born of that. Yeah, that's right. He's not talking in a normal fashion. The court heard that a friend saw Monty put Mr. Jones's testicle in her mouth and try and swallow it. This woman's wild. I mean, she's out of order, but can you imagine the sex? <laughs> I mean, like, if that's what she does when she's angry, imagine when she's in a good mood. She'll do anything. She tried to eat one of his balls out of anger. Isn't that to stop them being able to reattach it? Yeah, Imagine right. waiting for it to pass through her system. Jesus your ball Christ. Can I have my ball back? Excuse me, miss. Come my ball back, please. Can I have my ball back? <laughs> <laughs> no, like a vicious neighbour puncturing the ball and oh, giving it yeah, back again. It is that, exactly that. She's a vicious neighbour. She's a vicious neighbour. In a letter to the court, Monty said she was sorry for what she'd done. Oh, I let her off. That's oh, all right. Off, yeah. Fine, that's all right. She wrote a letter. I mean, that's great. Thanks for that letter. Because what happened, when I, when I show people my testicles in the future, and it's just hanging there, one lone nut <laughs> swinging, like I'm on my way to a bowling alley with a walnut, what I shall say is, I've got this letter. So, you know, instead of looking at a pair of lovely testicles, you can look at one testicle and read a letter from a liar. She said, it was never my intention to cause harm of Jeff. At what point did you not intend to? Was it when you were pulling hard on his testicles or when you were putting one in his mouth? I've challenged myself. Uh, I've, uh, it was never my intention to cause harm with Jeff, and the fact that I've caused him injury will live with me forever. <laughs> I'm no way a violent person. Oh, yeah, that's punishment enough. Well, hang on. She better have gone to prison for this. Well, let's see. The letter added. The letter added. Like, the letter <laughs> added, took on a life of its own. Hey, why don't you say yeah. this? If there's any parties, do invite me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crikey. Thank God she's in a women's only prison. The letter added, I've challenged myself. Listen to this. The letter added, I've challenged myself to explain what has happened, but still, I just cannot remember. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I've really been challenging myself but I just can't be bothered. This has caused so much anguish to me and will do for the rest of my life. She's still seeing herself as the victim after she's ripped off at least half of that man's yes, nuts. Let's not forget, it nearly went in my mouth. <laughs> I will say, it. it tasted absolutely <laughs> disgusting, that thing. So if there's a real victim, it's me while he's standing there wearing his blood trousers. I had a real sour taste in my gob. That's awful. Heather says, why are some things horse versions of themselves, like horse chestnuts and horse radish? Good point, Heather. Why are they? Because of conspiracy by the government, probably the Chinese government, get right out of Tibet. Right out. Let people do Falun Gong. Let them do it.
I reckon horseradish. That grows in horse fields, doesn't it? Right, so, out yeah. Of horse manure. Out of horse manure. Did you only say cow manure? No, I didn't. Good, You merely imagined that. I must be going all strange inside. Monk misery... <laughs> this is a good headline. Monk misery for Kenyan women villagers. Monkey misery, because you can't imagine monkeys causing anything but tremendous joy. A troop of vervet monkeys is giving Kenyan villagers long days and sleepless nights, destroying crops and causing trouble. Earlier, a local MP, Paul Wilt, urged the Kenyan Wildlife Services to help contain the aggressive behaviour of these monkeys. But Mr Mute caused laughter when he told Parliament that the monkeys had taken to harassing and mocking women in a village. But this is exactly what the women in the village of Nahu in southwest Kyuku are complaining about. They estimate that there are 300 monkeys invading the farms at dawn. It's good that they can coordinate it, these monkeys. 300 of them at dawn, a dawn raid from monkeys. It's impressive that the police can get it together to do a dawn raid on time. But 300 monkeys... They eat the villagers' maize, potatoes, beans and other crops. And because women are primarily responsible for the farms, they've borne the brunt of the problem as they try and guard their crops. They say the monkeys are more afraid of young men than women and children, and the bolder ones throw stones and chase the women from their farms. Nahu, the village's women, have tried wearing their husbands' clothes in an attempt to trick the monkeys into thinking they are men, but this has failed. I wouldn't like to find myself getting dressed in order to trick a monkey. One day. No, I mean, you've got to really look at yourself there, haven't you? Right. I've got to trick this monkey. I'm going to put on some evil Knievel clothes <laughs> <laughs> and behave like I'm a real daredevil. Monkeys throwing stones as a weapon. That's, that's a, a breakthrough. That's a big thing. Like this Coco the monkey earlier. Coco the gorilla, not Coco our monkey, the Coco Pop monkey. Other monkeys are available. This Coco the gorilla. E is demanded about sea women's boobs, right, yeah. through the medium of that guy. And then listen to what this lot are up to. When we chase away the monkeys... <laughs> this is one of the villagers. When we chase away the monkeys, we are dressed in trousers and hats, so we look like men, <laughs> said Lucy <laughs> Nureji, told the BBC News website. But the monkeys can tell the difference, and they just don't run away from us, but point at our breasts. They ignore us and continue to steal the crops. Saucing <laughs> cheeky monkeys. Oh, come on. On. What kind of men are you? Boob men? A new breakthrough? They just point at the breasts. These monkeys know what they're doing, don't so they? So what do the men do that makes it them more scary? They must, like, fire guns at the monkeys or something. I don't know how a man has to treat a monkey to win that monkey's respect. <laughs> I think it might be some pheromonal stink that a man gives off that a woman yeah, simply maybe. doesn't. And the monkeys think, uh-oh, there's that smell. It can't be visual. You can't just think by putting on a top hat you can trick a monkey. I think if you read on, it says that the monkeys sexually well, harass the women. In addition to stealing crops, the monkeys also make sexually explicit gestures at the women that they claim. The dirty devils. The monkeys grab their breasts and gesture at us while pointing at their private parts. We are afraid they will sexually harass us, says Mrs. Nareji. Well, hang on, the monkeys grab their own breasts. Well, it sounds like the monkeys grab their breasts. Yeah, they grab their own breasts and gesture while pointing at their private parts. We're afraid they'll sexually harass us. Like, that's What's a build-up. What's going on in the animal kingdom? The animal kingdom's gone out of control. I knew a time when monkeys would happily smoke a cigarette and wear dungarees and pose for photos on a Mallorca holiday. Now, they want to have it off with you. If you try <laughs> to have your photo done for Mallorca, I say, well, hope you enjoyed the snap. Or would you um, mind taking down these dungarees because I'm feeling rather frisky? Dirty little monkeys. The Kenyan Wildlife Service said it's not unusual for monkeys to harass women. <laughs> well, oh, let oh, them off then. It. Fine. 
it's, uh, it's not unusual for monkeys to harass women. It's a bit unusual. Uh, uh, and to be less afraid of women than men. But they'd not heard of monkeys making sexually explicit gestures as a form of communication. They pre- <laughs> <laughs> hey, what am I saying now? Is it a book? Is it a film? Am I feeling a little randy? The predominantly farming community is now having to receive famine relief food. Oh, no, it's got tragic consequences. We've just done that story. The monkeys are that efficient. They've actually outwitted humans. Put the monkeys in charge of the famine relief, because it sounds to me like those little guys know what they're doing. Just shoot them all. Don't shoot the monkeys, Matthew! Cull a few of them. Not co- well, cull them and then leave their bodies about so that the other monkeys know what's happening. Like you, when you went to that farm and oh, showed those up. little baby chicks, the dead chicks. Matt, when he was five, We've went to a farm. Yeah, but it's relevant. Matt, when he was baby, he went to a farm as a five-year-old. He was meant to teach children how to love animals. Matt, would what he would do <laughs> is take living chicks out of their little pens and show them dead chicks that had been brushed to the side as a chilling warning of what would come if they didn't do his vile bidding, which included searching his crevices for fleas as if they, it was their job to do it and he was a big elephant like that does happen, you know. The re- residents report that monkeys have killed livestock and guard dogs, which has also left the villagers what? living in they fear. dogs? They're monkeys out of... Are these monkeys? I like the sound of them. I'm starting to be on their side a bit, the monkeys. you're scared of them. Well, and I've just, just curry favour with the monkeys. Well, I just like it that they're so organised, that there's monkeys, they've totally destroyed a farm. And like, now, yeah, I suppose if it was said they were locusts, I'd go, no, that's well out of order. But it's because I'd know that they're little monkeys. <laughs> and I imagine them laughing. Hey, about... we're the monkeys. <laughs> yeah, we're going to ruin your crops. Why don't you show us some titties? Ask <laughs> <laughs> we'll do some plops. All over you, god dogs. <laughs> uh, the villagers' attempts to control the monkeys have failed. The monkeys evade traps. They have lookouts to warn the others. This is Planet of the Apes of a pending attack and snub poison food put out by the residents. Their spokesman, Cornelius, said, (laughs) until we have our own village, we will continue to rage against the people of Nashu. The troop has scouts which keep a lookout from a vantage point, and when they see us coming, they give warning signals to the ones in the farm to get away, said one area. God, and then look at this little subheading, Monkey Squad. The town has been warned by the Kenyan Wildlife Service not to harm or kill any of the monkeys, Matt Morgan, as it is a criminal offence, plus out of order. Running out of options, the residents are harvesting their crops early in an attempt to salvage what they can of this year's crop, and will mostly be eating tiny little sweet corns, tiny mushrooms, <laughs> and other tiny versions of normal veg. Well, how could you battle the monkeys if you can't... How would I battle the monkeys? If you're starving. Let them have what they want. Sleep with them. Sleep with those little kinky monkeys and then they'll just... Maybe they'll leave... No, the last one man bred with monkeys. Hey! Monkeys! Leave my crops alone! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's just a monkey licking my balls. (laughs) Sorry. It rhymed. It rhymed and therefore it's not offensive to do a version of the wall in which a man has sex with a monkey. I won't. Matt, you were about to say that men haven't... You just said, you know what happened last time? Mankind had sex with a monkey. AIDS. (laughs) 
idiot. That's not true. They oh, but it it's not proof. It might have. Who, who done it to the monkeys then? A snail? What are you going to do? Trace it all the way back? It's got to have come from somewhere. <laughs> no, but that's what they reckon. It was a monkey disease and it crossed over to men. So how the did monkeys, it cross over? Don't start blaming the monkeys. They're all right. probably on safari. <laughs> I was very bored. bored once on a safari holiday when I saw a very well-organised troop of monkeys <laughs> bothering some villagers. I got so turned on that I got an erection before I knew it. There was a terrible, terrible crisis. No, I don't think there's any proof, mate. I think that might even be one of those terrible old prejudices. That what, about... like you can get it from toilet seats. Yeah, like no, that. Honestly, I think that there's... Well, there... that you might be able to. I don't know. I don't think we should start blaming monkeys, because I like monkeys. I'm you not know. saying they created it in a lab. <laughs> they had a disease. It crossed over to men, and it warped into a killer disease. Look, I'm not undermining the threat. You're undermining the threat of AIDS, saying it's a monkey illness. <laughs> You're calling it monkey flu by the end of this programme. <laughs> right, OK, and if anything there was offensive, I'm not able to judge, so I'll just apologise anyway. So, uh, right, why don't we... Haven't we got a monkey sex expert on the line? <laughs> What's the name? Uh, what? Who is it? Roger Mugford. Roger Mugford, please help get us out of this sexy little monkey pit we've dug ourselves. Are you there, Roger? I am, Russell. Someone's got to get you out of this, indeed. Thank monkey, God. Are you the man? Used to rule the world, you know. There are there are ancestors, uh, our uncles and aunties, not so many generations back. Monkeys ruled the world. They did rule the world, and then we came along and started nicking all their good ideas and best habitats and uh, outgrew them and thought we we control the planet, but really. They're ready to take it back. It seems like there's a bit of a monkey grudge, and that's why the monkeys are kicking out in this way through the medium of AIDS and attacking villages, according to Matt Yeah, I, I hear all these stories on Gibraltar with the old baboons there. You don't mess with those baboons. Why? What do they do? What well, they... They got they got voting rights. I mean, that's why Spain doesn't really want Gibraltar back Hold in. Hold on, that's the, not the true. Baboon, baboons rule. You're meant to be... Look, we've brought you on this show to be the voice of reason after we've said some things like... Uh, monkeys are responsible for the death of Freddie Mercury. <laughs> then you come on and behave like an absolute idiot. <laughs> but you, you're one of, the, one of the most sane primatologists I've heard. I mean, I've learned so much about monkey behaviourthology by listening to your show. Roger, let's and, first... And you're, a top, you're a top guy. You should be at Cambridge. Roger, I, I don't think I should be. I think you're drunk, Roger. <laughs> I, what is, can you tell our listeners what are your qualifications? My qualifications? Well, God, you know, I've been, I've been a you're around, hanging around dogs for about 27 years. You're a dog brother. I probably think and look a little bit like a dog, but um, I'm also a farmer and uh, hanging around animals for all my life, really. So, You've just been um, hanging you get, around you animals. I like so. animals. Yeah. That's not a qualification. Yeah, that is not, because you can't oh, just turn no, up okay, at a university I, and go, I've been hanging around animals. Fred West yeah, done okay. that. I've got a doctorate degree and a bachelor's degree and all those sort of things, but you tell those to my dogs or cows and sheep, and they don't seem that impressed, you know? I okay. wouldn't expect your listeners to be that impressed either. Maybe no, are impressed. But I meant to know, I meant to be very knowledgeable about all aspects of animal behaviour. Right. Meant to be. But you're going to find me out. You're so you train and... dogs that have got problems. Say there's a dog that's a bit eccentric, you can train it to behave in a normal fashion, is that right? That's the idea, try and ask, ask the dog, why are you um, biting postman, or why don't you like the wife, or why don't you... you ask uh, dogs should be getting married for morning. a start, unless it's and, to a uh, cat, grand uh, fix. put him on a couch and, and, you know, get some rational explanation. But no, I mean, like, today, I was with a bull terrier, 
Oh, yeah. Called you dirty and devil. She, I hope you use she, something. We don't want any more problems. <laughs> I, seriously, this is clean. But yeah. she wanted to chase her tail. All her life has been about chasing her tail. She's only nine months old. And <laughs> what you a imagine dream. spending <laughs> most, of her, most of her living, living days um, have been chasing her tail. And, and not surprisingly, her tail was getting a bit stumpy and sore. I'm not surprised. So, she was good so at it. Though. It was yeah. all, all about frustration and lack of environmental enrichment and lack of predictability in her right. life. And she's okay. going to be just great. Lack of predictability. <laughs> yes, they like predictability. They, they, like, they, they like, like things to be predictable. Right. Yeah, they do. Oh, a dog needs to live in a world of certainty. Why do you think it is, then, that Coco the gorilla just wants to ogle women's knockers all day? <laughs> well, th 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 there's a whole area. I came across a book, actually, and it's entitled Zoophilia. You've just focused on your work. But, you know, um, people hanging around with oversexed uh, dobermans and, and indeed um, primates and donkeys and all sorts of things. And it's been going on for thousands, millions of years. What, beasti know. Are you talking about bestiality? Yeah, sexual, right? relations, sexual relations between so. humans and, and uh, in, in for humans, primates and, and other animals. And, of course, the church has taken a very stern line against this. <laughs> yeah, those squares. I'm not allowed back in there with And I think it is officially an offence. So it's probably an offence to even talk Roger, about it on radio. Roger, why are you standing actually? up for bestiality? <laughs> this is Radio 2. This is the Queen's favourite radio show. You're coming on here saying that the church should be shut down, not because of the views on homosexuality, but because they don't let us have it off with animals when we fancy it. I'm just describing the way it is. I'm not passing value judgments. You know, it's not for me to say who people should have sex with, but there's a lot of people out there, apparently. <laughs> stop refusing to condemn people that have it off with goats and that, because it's out of order to the goat, unless the goat's into it. But what I want to know most, firstly, is why does Coco the gorilla want to have a look at women's boobs? Well, Why don't you look at other gorillas' boobs? They, they've got about 96% of the same genes as us. Mm. So they are our brothers, truly our brothers, and they're so close. It, it's just a nice link away in evolution. Because <laughs> so they think they, they probably are turned on by all the same sexual issues and signals as humans, um, in, including the same sort of uh, vaginal secretions and pheromones. And, Hello. And, and I've never things. been turned on by a monkey, though. And, and they, have, they will have cultures that so much of, of sex is learned, and it'll just be the same for monkeys. And if you've been having to stick in a coca gorilla cage, you, you've been probably humanised to the extent that he thinks human. He just thinks human now, so he just and, thinks and that's he thinks normal he, for him. He thinks, he thinks ladies' boobs are just, just wonderful. I'm well into and, 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 Roger, and it. Roger, do you Mr. think have that... Have you it... interviewed Mr. Patterson? Where is Mr. Patterson, please? He said he was yeah. a bit busy. He said he, he, was, he had his hand up a monkey. Roger, <laughs> could you please explain to us... Uh, Roger, if you were left to live like Diane Fossey, the gorilla expert, with gorillas, after about the third day, would you start <laughs> making the gorillas wear negligees? <laughs> no, I'd be... Very detached and very doctoral, and very serious, and and I do just like Diane Fossey. I'd, I'd be sending back my my notes neatly, neatly all typed up, and um, and be every every bit the scientist, and and I wouldn't get too familiar and, and fond of them. Um, but and I probably wouldn't give them names like she did. Roger, um, you are a sexy little monkey expert. <laughs> Thank you, you filthy little monkey. <laughs> Here we come. Walk down the street, we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Yeah, yeah, we're the monkeys, and people say we monkey around, but we're too busy singing 
Sometimes we touch those monkeys. <laughs> trying to be friendly. We've got a funny way of showing it by coming to our village and poisoning at our boobs, you cheeky little devils. Oh, this is from Emma. She's talking about that bloke we just had on Roger. He's really, I've met him. I was on TV with him. He's really nice and wise and loads, knows loads about dogs and monkeys. Trust him, says Emma. Oh, he's nice, wasn't he? I liked yeah. him. But he was excusing bestiality. He sort of seemed like that was his mission, didn't he? Yeah. Right, this well, is... Well, I mean, they're 95% the same as us. And so, what's the problem? They like the same secretions. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You leave, you know, if you leave a man alone with a monkey for half an hour, I would expect it. I mean, you talk for a while, of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, give it a cigarette, see what it looks like, and eventually you get urges. No, I liked him. He was lovely, that man. Thank you very much for coming on, Roger, because we um, just cut him off to put that song on because it seemed pertinent and indeed was. Hey, Russ and Matt, use them crazy Kenyan monkeys monkeys during the revolution. They could be a well-organised monkey army to use at our disposal whenever we please. Peace, love and rock and roll. Paul and Helen Snubrook. People do use monkeys as um, thieves, don't they? Monkey that's used, That's happened in this country. Well, Indiana Jones' enemies used that little... Oh, I hated that hello, little one. That's a reference <laughs> of a 1980s children's That film. one in a waistcoat betrayed Indiana Jones. He thought it was his friend. I hated that little waistcoat monkey. All other monkeys I'm well into, but that one, I wouldn't sleep with that. This is from Warren. Dear Russell, as one anonymous libertarian once said, when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Oh, interesting. The restrictions on protesters at the Heathrow Climate Camp highlighted how private companies are able to use the law to stop perfectly reasonable, peaceful protest. The Protection from Harassment Act was used as a pre premise to stifle what was a legitimate protest. The law was designed to be used against store i.e. to protect desirable celebrities. But in reality, corporations have used it against peaceful protesters. Ooh. In one case, some lovely old peace campaigners were prosecuted for holding up a placard outside a U.S. airbase saying, George W. Bush, oh dear. This was ruled to have distressed <laughs> the U.S. servicemen. <laughs> Another oh protester. Dear. Oh dear. Oh, oh dear. dear. Oh, oh come no. on. That's a lovely English protest, isn't it? Not to get George all the swearing. Oh, oh dear. dear. Oh, you could go. Oh hello, dear. Hello. You all oh right? dear. Do you know? I think I can hear in the background. It's Noel oh. Gallagher. Oh god. Noel, are you there? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's murmuring <laughs> Noel Gallagher on before whispering Bob. How are you, Noel? <laughs> I'm pretty good. You've been listening to our show tonight. No. Match of the day, match of the day. No, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, watching uh, a bit of, uh, the Reading Festival and then a bit of match of the day. Ah, oh, good. Okay. How did City, our oh, City lost to Arsenal, didn't they, today? I, did, I went, yeah, it was good. It was a good game. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that. We won't get entrenched in football as we have a largely female and football disinterested or uninterested listenership, and not least dear old Matt over there. So, uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about your favourite subjects, which is yourself. Yep, let's get on with it. Now, uh, what are the main subjects? Let's talk about that party you went to around Wallens last week. That was interesting, wasn't it, Noel? <laughs> what? <laughs> you discovered a new. Who would have thought that you, Noel Gallagher, would be a closet homosexual just waiting for the right man to come along, in this case, Kenny Goss, partner of George Michael. You two were flirting, man. The uh, flirting no, no, between no, no. you what and Kenny Goss. Was a real spark, though. He was. Matt, Matt will back me up on this. He was very drunk. 
Mm-mm. and he was trying to frighten me. <laughs> right? And I was having none of it. Yeah. Because I don't get frightened by uh, the gay people. Now, not that we've got anything against the good old gay community. They're well, some they're of not, the, our oh, best that's what I'm people. Saying, they're not scary, are they? No, I suppose they're not. But you were having a lovely old flirt with Kenny. He was leaning oh, all over you. Yeah, I'm at. Yes, no. Don't try. And... Don't. Does it, look, you write enough lies about me in that poxy little column of yours, right? <laughs> in the in the Guardian. Yeah. Right? Don't go spreading. Mind you, saying that no one listens to this radio show anyway. Whoa, whoa! Um, number one podcast in the country. We've well, put on forty thousand listeners. Like, how many listeners have you got? Forty thousand. That we've He's put on forty thousand. I wouldn't bother. Oi, Nancy boy! We put on forty thousand listeners. Was listened to. By 40,000 people. 300, we, we, that was an additional 40,000 on top of, I think, the 300,000 we already had. We're not lies, we're just saying that there was nice chemistry between you. Now, are you going to talk to George Michael about the breakup of him and Kenny that <laughs> used to so obviously want to become a couple? No, well, I, what I've got to say on the subject is not broadcastable. <laughs> Well, the things you'd like so to do to Kenny. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sat here now, <laughs> yeah. biting my tongue, really, because I don't want to get... Are you sure not biting Kenny's tongue? <laughs> but if you carry on, yeah. I'm going to start using Cockney rhyming slang words that rhyme with swear words, which will be decipherable. No, you sexy little threat. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I'm never threatened with rhyming slang. I will use rhyming slang on well, you. I will. <laughs> no, Gallagher there. Oh, you won't be saying that when there's somebody with a clipboard and a pencil going, now, Mr. Brand, you lost control of the interviewee. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, all right, fair enough. I mean, right, he's then. using... Oh, what what kind of rhyming slang are you going to use? Berkshire. Because Burke, which is one of the most anonymous ones, is really rude, isn't it? Berkshire Hunt. If someone goes, you were a proper Burke, it means Berkshire is Hunt. Is that where it comes from? Berkshire Hunt. I, I didn't know that. that. Yeah, it's proper rude bit of rhyming slang. So, you know, so you do that? your worst, because we've just done the worst one there, and it's completely innocuous. No, about Kenny yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, that was a bit mad, old Kenny Goss, wasn't it? Like, uh, he was a bit, well, he was drunk, though, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? He, he was like, tipsy. You know, get drunk, they get a bit hyperactive. He was flirty, very flirty. With... Well, you say that, you say, I mean, you, mm. you were kind of pulling up your tuff to, to uh, expose your nipples to him. I was so, pulling it, I was pulling I mean, it down. Not flirting, what, what is? Yeah. <laughs> I was with my pregnant missus, yeah. right? As you were... I mean, God bless. I mean, you were with Matt, right? Who couldn't be? He couldn't be less gay. And we could be a bit less gay. G, G was there, wasn't he? G was there. We were all there. Yep. I was with a pregnant lady. You were with two questionable males. <laughs> <laughs> while you were showing him your breast. <laughs> yeah, that chemistry. I rest my case, Your Honour. Uh, yeah, it was a lovely night there, and I, I must say that I found Kenny Goss an interesting company. He was because I, I liked the way he kept looming up. And there were well, times. Was, well, I just—he was entertaining. To, well, he was entertaining, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. It was an entertaining evening. Now, are you aware now that we have been uh, talking about the, the crazy world? Oh no, you're not, because you won't be listening to the show. We've just been talking about monkeys. Really, there's a there's a tribe of monkeys trying to take over a Kenyan village, and they're doing quite well. Sexy little devils. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to take it over. Yeah, they're, they're trying to protect and racket and stuff like that. Yeah, they are. They're nicking crops. They're and they're they're sexually harassing the women. Oh, well, they there. The, they're, they're not the ones that you used to see in the paper that are all, that have been like slaughtered. That they've got them racked up on. Um, I've seen them pictures in the paper this week. No, oh no, that's gorillas. But these monkeys are probably they're worse gorillas, aren't they? Really? Yeah, they are. Because 
uh, proper evil. No, they're all right, mate. I think a lot of these monkeys are wound up by the way we're treating the monkey community. We just had a bloke on the radio, a monkey expert, an animal psychology expert, and he more or less said that we should be having it off with monkeys on a regular basis. Well, you do. <laughs> now, come on. <laughs> I've made some terrible mistakes, but I've never strayed beyond my species. Animal, animal psychologists are idiots, right? Because what have <laughs> they got to base the knowledge on? Right. It's not like an animal's going, that's right, you know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, okay, that's well, good. if you look at the cat's actions, the cat is actually depressed. <laughs> and the cat goes, he's right, listen to him. Yeah, I am I'm depressed. Doing. That's rubbish. I'd Get like a proper to... job, whoever he is. Get a proper job. <laughs> it says you sitting around thinking of worms that rhyme with Nova month after month. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, there isn't one, actually. <laughs> you the Clover, 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 Jehovah. Yeah, well, that would be rubbish, though, wouldn't it? That would be like something in a, in, a, in a tune, well, from you, one of your tunes. Hey. Now listen, we've got one we'd like to recommend to you. Let's have a little listen to this. This is for you and your new partner. Have a... <laughs> <laughs> no Gallagher and Kenny. <laughs> Although the intro is longer than anticipated. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, you got your idiot listeners are saying that like me and Matt are a gay couple, and now you're saying that why am I implicated in homosexuality? I don't know why people keep thinking why? it, Noel. Because just... you're playing this song in your house. <laughs> <laughs> turn down your stereo, Noel. No, turn down the radio, you down. 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 No, damn, Noel. <laughs> <laughs> if you are going to do it, Noel, do do it right. I always do it right. Terrible <laughs> <Shareable> testifying. <laughs> there he goes. Lovely old Noel Gallagher in his bright new future. I just hope George forgives you for the way you've carried on. So, well, thank you very much, Noel, for joining us very near the end of our show. Have you got anything of importance that you'd like to relate or report? You're an idiot. Thank you. Thank you very much, <laughs> Noel Gallagher there. Friend of the show, Mr G, is now going to summarise the show. Stay on the line, Noel, if you've got the time. Mr I G, everyone. I have got time for this idiocy. Match of the day is still on, so I'll see you. Right, I'll see you later. See Noel you Gallagher night. there. He's Bye. off to watch Match of the Day. Stay with us. Okay, and here is Mr G. Woo, yeah, all right. <laughs> They say that all the world is a stage, so permit me to engage and encrypt in this transmit a verbal trip to quickly say. In a place where flashings deemed as quaint and market forces lead the way, and gorillas dribble over nipples unless they've been crippled from school days. Does Matt have an infatuation with sweet corn family trees? Do horses have multiple relations even under the sea? Monkey expert information just ain't what it used to be. Perhaps the confusion arises from rides on large cups of tea. So if your stage includes the entire world encompassing primates, boys and girls, next week we'll perform for Animal, minerals, and vegetables serving ice cream with a twirl. Yes. Remember Blackpool next week? No, oh, we forgot to ask him to write us a jingle, and he's gone now. Watch match of the day. And the we selfish pig accused him of being gay. So. <laughs> yeah, but he should, you know, he seemed quite open-minded about the idea. I reckon he's coming round to it. Now, uh, remember that thing I was saying about Warren Kelp? Oh, it's, this is very important about a revolution. Uh, this person is saying about, well, go to YouTube and have a look at me being, this person has got tapes of me doing quite revolutionary acts about Spitalfields. Have a little look for old Russ on YouTube doing revolutionary acts. That is from Warren. And do, the revolution's coming on quite well. Right, here's just a few reminders. China, let people do Falun Gong. China, get out of bed. Camden, leave that market open. Or, alternatively, China, stay in Tibet. China, don't let people do fell and go. Camden market, shut it down. Those are you going to take either one of those opinions and do what you bally well like with it. I think I'm going down at 11 o'clock tomorrow to Camden, do a bit of work in there, come down there, flash me, even if I don't bother going because I'm too tired. You go down there anyway and bloody well flash. 
Get down there and flash your no, little nuts off. If you say you're going to go, you've got to go. What if I'm tired? Well, you're always tired. You're always tired, hypochondriac. What is it this week? Peptic ulcer? Yes. Right. <laughs> what hypochondriac? Okay, so uh, next week, Blackpool, come there. We're definitely, definitely going to be there. It's happening. We've got the ice cream van. It's going to be painted. Send us some suggestions if you want those suggestions implemented. Enjoy your life. See you tomorrow down Camden Stables Market. Oh, no, we've got another minute, actually. Why am I so panicked? Hey, let's relax a little bit. Daddy-o. We're going, we, me and Matt are off to America soon to do, uh, investigate the... Uh, instigator of the beat generation jack kerouac's uh, important novel yes. uh, jack kerouac's novel on the road i've been learning about it max quite heavy have you been learning about it for the book well like this documentary i watched about jack kerouac's heavy it's just heavy yeah you know? heavy man why are you using the nomenclature of hippies because i really like the documentary it's heavy hey i dug you it redhead <laughs> hey daddy-o you better get to it you're filling these cool cats <laughs> that's a drug don't do that and also don't have sex with monkeys or any of the other things yeah, so we've recommended next week, on this Blackpool, show the week after that new york we do a show we're gonna be in new york doing and a show after that something like san francisco Cool. What a lovely ride. We're I'm glad going you on. haven't read any emails for about two years. <laughs> I don't trust cool. it. Cool. Where are we going? Cool. Excellent, Daddy. Oh, hey, I'm not, I'm not down with it. I've just been doing poems with a beat in the background. That's the sort of thing I'm into. Yeah, learn a bit about Jack Kerouac. Get into our revolution. It's coming on all nice. Remember to be very active in your political views. You know, not letting things get shut down and not letting China be into bets. Up to you, really. You know what you do. Okay. So thank you to all our guests. The lovely Jeff Capes, Roger Lloyd Pack, Noel. Gall that love what's his name roger the uh, expert was it roger what Monkford. roger monkford mugford Ro roger mugford how i love you how i love you right okay this is bbc radio one thank you matt thanks g radio thanks one. all of your listeners no not radio one don't listen to that it says 88 to 91 <laughs> i said radio right i'd like to say this is radio two radio <laughs> two get one one add it to another one that's the number you want radio <laughs>